What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 13 of the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter is at Sports. Instagram at Sports. TikTok, Immaculate Sports. Check yeah. it out. Kyle, Kyle's got some cool stuff on there. Yeah. We're back with episode lucky number 13, boys. We're back. It's pretty lucky. It's a good week. Good week of sports. A little bit of uh, mayhem across the league. Strong. So Especially we're going to break it down for you. Oh, yeah. Also, Get Brett's here. By the way. Oh, yeah. What's yeah, up, Brett's guys? Here. Hey, I'm here, too. What's up? Here. <laughs> Let's get into our opener, shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. My opener is uh, the tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Darren Waller. He had a great day versus Skyler's New York Jets. Uh, had 13 catches, 200 yards on the dot with two touchdowns as well, one of them being a 38-yard uh, play where he caught it ran on the sideline and ran past a couple guys, made a move and into the end zone for a 38-yard touchdown. Uh, he made a couple great catches throughout the day as well that were, were big for the Raiders team and uh, helped them get that win. Yeah, it turns out when you leave Waller wide open, he makes plays. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But uh, the best thing I saw was actually a game we didn't even know was going to happen. That's why we didn't talk about it on Tuesday. Uh, they put it together on Thursday. Coastal Carolina took down BYU 22-17. Um, crazy game the defense defense of coastal Carolina is amazing mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into that a little later there was uh, a little tomfoolery going on but uh, CJ Marble the running back had 132 and two touchdowns carried the way now coastal barring a Cincinnati loss to Tulsa next week could be the group of five team that gets to play in a big bowl mm-hmm. so we'll see yeah, for my for my opener, I'm gonna go to the Washington football team and Alex Smith defeating the once undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I believe the final score is 23 to 17. Uh, we've talked mm-hmm. about Alex Smith a lot on the show. Uh, as a Niner fan, he's an easy guy to root for. Watching him play in San Francisco mm-hmm. for all those years, and you know, watching him and really that Washington defense uh, control the game against Pittsburgh was a uh, something I really enjoyed seeing. Oh, yeah, for sure. You guys see yeah. that hole in his leg after he got spiked? Yeah. yeah. That was crazy everywhere. Oh, luckily, yeah. so him, that's nothing. luckily yeah, it was on the leg that wasn't injured before, but still uh, scary. Yeah. He took a scary. chunk out of his leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Looks like it was just a vein on an artery, too. So that's good. Yeah. But he's fine. He got the wins. I guarantee mm-hmm. you it takes a bit mm-hmm. of the panel off of it. So we did this last week. We're going to do it again. We have our reports from our own teams. I'm starting off with the Raider report. So we took on Skyler's Jets in the Meadowlands. It was a, a lot closer than what is expected for us. Uh, played down to our opponent once again. And uh, we were up 24-13. And then it just started to collapse on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Uh so, Possessions were stalling out on the offensive side, and defense wasn't really doing much. But before that, Cleveland Farrell had one of his best games of his career. He had two forced fumbles, uh, being up Makai Becton in the pass rush. And the rush, it was, or run defense is a little bit a little bit different with him, but they went back and forth that whole game as a fun matchup to watch. And uh, Trayvon Mullen also had a pick on what was actually a really cool play. That was uh, where an amazing stuck play. His, yeah, mm-hmm. stuck his hand out. Just out of nowhere, just tipped the ball down and ended up just like falling right into his lap right after that. But the play from the game that was going to be remembered for a long time is the Henry Ruggs touchdown heave at the end of the game 
where the Jets – I'll let Skyler talk about the play a little bit more on the, the Jets' side of the ball, but Henry Ruggs ran right past cornerback defensive or cornerback Lamar Jackson, not quarterback Lamar Jackson or running back, whatever you want to call him. Uh, but, yeah, ran right past him, right into the end zone with the ball. Seal the deal. <laughs> Oh, man. The message from the Meadowlands. Everyone knows whenever the Jets and Raiders get together, the impossible happens. Starting in 68, their first matchup, the refs ended the game early so they could go to the movies. Um, <laughs> no way that's actually a real thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. So, the last play of the game, Greg Williams um, staring across the field at John Gruden, pulls his balls out, says, watch this, man. I'm going to blitz eight and sack Derek Carr and try to win the game. This was not a tank job, all right? Greg Williams is a madman. <laughs> but you know what? He deserves a statue in front of MetLife Stadium for this because every Jet fan's going to remember this. Blowing the game at the end to secure Trevor Lawrence. So I salute well, you, you haven't Greg secured Williams. him yet, man. You still got four more weeks. One week at a time. But anyways, I don't care about Lamar Jackson biting on the double move. I don't care about Marcus May slipping on a banana peel and letting Waller go crazy. I don't care about that. It's all about Trevor Lawrence. All right. So Mekhi Becton had his first shaky start of his career. Allowed his first two sacks ever. But you know what? He had four pancakes in the fourth quarter. It's all right. He made up for it, in my book, at least. Uh, Quinn Williams is playing like a future all pro. It's amazing to see after uh, he battled with some injuries last year. And uh, Jeff fans, we got four more games. Let's secure the bag. All right. From Santa Clara or Phoenix or whatever you want to call the 49ers right now. Uh, it wasn't as happy news as it was for the Raiders and the Jets. Uh, Buffalo came to Arizona, take on the 49ers on Monday night football. And it was a pretty ugly loss for the 49ers. Uh, really just outcoached on both sides of the ball. The defense had a hard time stopping Josh Allen. See through for 375 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, weren't able to generate any takeaways. And I know a lot of people don't really talk about the offensive line of the 49ers often, but I thought it was a huge problem Monday night. Uh, our run blocking is solid, even though we didn't really establish a run game, which I think was partially on Kyle Shanahan. Do not think he had his best game plan going into the day. But our pass blocking, especially on the right side of the line with Mike McGlinchey, uh, just isn't where it needs to be at an NFL level. If I were the Niners, I would explore uh, moving McGlinchey to right guard as he is a beast of a run blocker and possibly drafting or signing a tackle to uh, pair with Trent Williams. But the big topic for the Niners is the quarterback situation. Nick Mullins, who I thought actually looked pretty good despite two interceptions, both were tough plays. Tredavious White stealing the ball out of Jeff Wilson's hands. And then a tip off the hands of Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Mullins played decent, but I don't think Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not healthy currently, are the answer moving forward for this 49ers team. I expect them to definitely look into the market during the offseason and probably pick one up through the draft. But oh, yeah. with that loss to Buffalo, um, the Niners' playoff hopes are pretty much dead. They would need a lot to go their way to even have a shot, even if they went out, and I don't see them doing that either. So not great news out of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Josh know, Allen had a game, man. He did. He's a, he's a beast. 
The interesting thing about the Niners is that most struggling teams this year uh, don't have a lot of pieces to either move or to help, you know, use in the rebuild. But the Niners have about 10 franchise-changing guys, so Mm -hmm. I think they'll be all right. We're in a much better situation than a lot of teams are who are struggling this year, but it is a little demoralizing. So that's uh, the end of the opener. Let's get right into where's your head at. So our first topic that we're going to talk about is a team that's slumping right now that I was really sold on personally at the beginning of the year. They've lost three out of the last four, or four out of the last five, I mean. And this is the Arizona Cardinals. What's wrong with Kyler on the cards, man? I have to look back a few weeks to when Kyler injured his shoulder. I forget which – I believe it was against the Seahawks when the injury first occurred. Um, Since that game, Kyler hasn't looked quite the same. He hasn't been as willing to run the ball, and he hasn't looked as accurate passing. He already came in a little bit with accuracy issues, and it looks like it's kind of snowballed on him a little bit, missing some pretty easy passes. Um, That would be where I start. They need to start establishing the run more with Kenyon Drake. I believe we talked about earlier. He's averaging about – 10 carries per game over the past couple weeks, which just isn't enough balance. I, I think it starts with Kyler, though. I think that's what's, that's what's wrong right now with the Cardinals. Yeah, the problem is pretty much everything going on with the offense, except for DeAndre Hopkins. All right, the last three games have all been losses. Uh, Kyler's drawn two picks, fumbled twice, been sacked seven times. Uh, the rushing attack is not there anymore. Uh, Drake is down to 10 carries. Same with Kyler. He's down, he used to get about maybe 10 a game. Now he's down to three, four. And you have to blame Kingsbury a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, something that we haven't seen these last three weeks and all these losses is Kyler running the ball. Uh, versus Seahawks three weeks ago, he had five rushes for 15 yards. Week after that against Patriots, five rushes for 31 yards. And then this week against the Rams, he had five five rushes for 15 yards as well. And it's, it's starting to become a pattern that when Kyler runs the ball, it starts helping them out more not just in the run game, but in a pass game because you have to have more attention on him running the ball. With DeAndre Hopkins as well, it's it's kind of been a weird spot because the last few weeks he's had really, really tough matchups against Patriots. Obviously, he had mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore on him, and with the Rams, he had Ramsey. And it doesn't get any easier this week as he's going to go against uh, James Bradbury, who's uh, been one of the best free agent pickups this year. One of the most left on corners in the game. One of the teams that the Cards did face in their losing streak is the Patriots, and since that game, Patriots got another win this week, blowing out the Chargers. They had two touchdowns on special teams, and almost a third as well as a gunner. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Orshalowski. Yeah. Orshalowski. That's his game. Uh, had one punt return. He almost had another and uh, they also blocked a field goal at the end of the first half and returned it back to the end zone to make it 28 to nothing going into halftime. This team's been pretty confusing for us to figure out so far on if they're a playoff team or not. Do you guys think the Pats are dead? No, they're not dead. Uh, Bill Belichick's never dead until week 17, really. So we can never count them out. The ground and pound's been pretty good over the past couple of weeks with Harris, Cam, and Sony Michelle. Um, you know, making the offense as simple as possible for Cam. Seems like it's working. Um, obviously, Belichick's defense and special teams are going to be good. He watches film 70 hours a week. Um, and it seems like they decide their own destiny. You know, they play the Rams this week. I actually picked the Patriots to win that game. I think they're going to be fine against the Rams. And then the rest of the three AFC East teams. You know, if they beat Miami – and Buffalo, and Buffalo beats Miami, then they're in the playoffs. So I think it's very possible. 
You think they beat the Jets? Hope so. It's a tough game. (laughs) (laughs) My take on the Pats, I I think they're getting hot, but I think they're getting hot a little bit too late. With the current picture, the playoff picture in the AFC, a lot would need to go right for the Pats to squeak into a playoff spot. So for their playoff chances, I say yes, they are dead. But for their team, no, if that makes any sense at all. Um, they're starting to establish and identify themselves on offense, a little more run game, as Skyler said, simplifying things for Cam. They're always going to have a good defensive game plan as long as Belichick is there. They have a top three corner in the league in Gilmore, and their special teams is always elite. Um, but like I said, I think it's going to be a little too late to really make that push for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with Brett in the sense that their team is not dead. The players are playing like they still got a shot, as they should. But it's kind of just too late in the season. They had some some losses earlier in the season that they probably wish they should could have changed, like the Texans lost. That was mm-hmm. a really bad one. And they also lost to the Bills by three in their uh, most recent matchup with them. And that was because of a Cam Newton fumble late in the game that they most likely would have taken to overtime or uh, – one in regulation, but besides that, they've won four out of the last five, and this team's rolling right now. They're they're playing well. I do think it, it's a tough matchup with the Rams on Thursday night, though. Uh, thing with the Patriots for that game, since they played in SoFi against the Chargers last week, they are going to stay in Los Angeles for the short week and just play in SoFi again on Thursday. Let's go to a couple teams that had impressive wins, shall we, in this last week. And the Giants and the Washington football team. The NFC East has kind of been, uh, or not kind of been, but it has been joked upon. Extremely. Yeah. uh, (laughs) This whole season with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys playing right now on Tuesday Night Football. Uh, But this isn't about them. The Giants and the Washington football team, as I said, had very impressive wins. Giants went into Seattle and took down Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, holding them the only only one touchdown. And then football team went into Pittsburgh and beat them on a Monday afternoon. Do you think one of these teams has a legitimate shot to upset one of the big dogs in the playoffs? Yeah, I think it's very possible uh, just because the winner of this Division's going to have a home game in the playoffs. That's going to be very helpful. Uh, obviously, the Giants beating Seattle, Washington beating Pittsburgh, they've proven it's possible. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that Washington is going to win the division, but I would take Washington in a playoff game just because I trust Alex Smith more than DJ or Colt McCoy. My feelings are the same. Um, as far as the two teams, I think the football team would have a better shot come playoff time. Uh, they have a little bit more experienced quarterback. Alex Smith has been in big games before with the Niners and Chiefs. He's had playoff experience. But both of these teams are going to be led by their defenses. Washington has both at least run and pass defenses, to be completely honest. Uh, and the Giants just held down one of the most potent offenses in the league in Seattle. In Seattle, I believe. Uh, both of these teams have enough to pull off an upset when it comes playoff time. I don't know if either will, but both are tooled to do so. Yeah, when I see these two teams, I do see playoff caliber defenses on the offensive side of the ball. I really don't see the same. Uh, Maybe with Saquon Barkley, if he was there with the Giants, it would be a little bit different. But obviously, he's not there. And I do think that these teams have a legitimate shot to go upset somebody. As Skyler said, they're going to get a home game. 
and that mm-hmm. that's a big part in this. They don't have to go across the country or wherever they're going to go to. Uh, right now, the team would be playing Seattle, and mm-hmm. going across the country to Seattle is a lot different than just playing back in your own uh, your home, which is big for them. And I do think I'm calling it right now. One of these teams will upset their the team in the first round. I like that pick. Alrighty, so Washington. Did beat the Steelers. Let's go to the Steelers side of this and uh, what their fans are possibly thinking right now. How worried are you guys if you're a Steelers fan right now? Nothing really changes for me if I was a Steelers fan. Um, you know, the perfect season's only been done one time. Shout out to the 72 Dolphins. 72 Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They were uh, drinking some champagne yesterday, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but their only worries, Kansas City, and they're not on that level. So nothing changes. Yeah, I don't think any team's on Kansas City's level. With that being said, if I'm a Steelers fan, I think there's a little more to be worried about. Uh, Starting with the running game, uh, their running game hasn't been what it was with James Conner. Benny Snell averaged .6 yards a carry last night. Just weren't able to establish anything. Furthermore, you you have some injuries starting to mount up on the defense side of the ball. Robert Spillane, I believe his name, who's been filling in very nicely for Devin Bush at the middle linebacker position since Bush went out, also got injured couple cornerback injuries if I'm a Steelers fan I'm not too worried because the fact is you're still 11 and 1 but there is a little bit of room for concern but like Scholar said the Chiefs are going to be your biggest issue moving down the line yeah Bud Dupree being another big injury on that defensive side of the ball that was brutal and garbage time too yeah the biggest concern for this team right now I think is their offense this is the second straight week where they've failed to score 20 points. And going back to weeks prior to that, they had the Jags. They did win 27-3, to but I did see a lot of complaints on saying that most of those points were from the defensive side of the ball of uh, getting good field position against that lackluster Jags offense. Uh, the Bengals, they played really well that game. I'm not even going to go against that. They played really well. And then they had that very close game against uh, Gary Gilbert and – the Dallas Cowboys that we all know should have not been that close. Mm-hmm. And when I think I speak for all of us at this point that we, we see this team and the Steelers and we know that they aren't close to the chiefs. And that's not even a knock on the Steelers or their, their organization in any way. That's just, that's just saying that the chiefs are, are very, very good and just ahead of the game right now than everybody else. The chiefs are head and shoulders above any other team in the NFL right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Same. That's why I think they'll repeat, and I feel like that's a pretty consensus thing. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So let's go to one of the best divisions, if not the best division. I think it is the best division in the National Football League, and that's the NFC West. Who do you guys think is the best team in the NFC West? It's the Rams division to lose. The uh, play-action jet sweep offense is hard to stop, especially when uh, Goff is on his A game. Uh, one of the best defenses in the league, too. Aaron Donald, possibly the best player in the NFL, plus Ramsey, a shutdown corner. And also the close team to him, Seattle, very sporadic. Uh, Wilson's been turning the ball over recently way too much, and the defense blows coverages, especially our former safety, Jamal Adams. Yeah, the current picture of the NFC West, I have to give the nod to the Rams as well. The Niners are too injury depleted to even put in the conversation with the other three teams. Arizona has been a little bit too inconsistent over the past few weeks, a little too many turnovers from Kyler and not establishing their offense as much as it needs to be. Um, Seattle, the problem is the defense. The offense isn't a problem. Yes, they got shut out, or not shut out, but uh, locked up pretty well by 
the New York Giants this past week. But if, if you look at all these teams, the most balanced is the Los Angeles Rams. They have a great offensive mind in their head coach, Sean McVay. Uh, Jared Goff, while not the most consistent quarterback, is able to get the job done a lot of times with his weapons, such as Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and that three-headed beast of a running backfield with Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and uh, Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Akers and, really stepped up. Yeah, and then yeah, played well. as Skyler alluded to, when you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on the same side of the ball on one team, that defense is going to keep you in games, if not win you some games. So for me, Rams get the nod. Yeah, I'm agreeing with the boys here, and I'm going with the Rams as well. You're in a great spot when you decide your own destiny, and that's the spot that the Rams are at right now. They have a big game, Week 16, against the Seahawks. That's pretty much a must-win game. It's going to have similar implications to what the Niners-Seattle-Seahawks uh, game was Week 17 last year. Uh, that game decided who was going to be the one and the five seed in the playoffs. This one will probably decide who's going to be the three and the five or three and the six. Uh but with that being said, I do think the Rams are the best team in the NFC West, and that's just because their defense is the best in the division and their offense is the second best just behind the Seahawks. And we've already seen once that that defense that they, that they have has given Russell Wilson fits this year. Mm-hmm. And that takes us away to go to halftime. Here we go. All right, guys, welcome to halftime. And coincidentally, the Tuesday night game today, Baltimore-Dallas is also at halftime, so we're going to share our thoughts. 70-10, to 10, Baltimore with the lead. You know, I think uh, they'll be fine. Lamar's been running the ball pretty well tonight, and this game should finish up about 30-17, to 17, something like that. Uh, so I'm going to take Baltimore. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty simple at this point. I'm going Baltimore. They, they're the better team in this matchup, and uh, they should come away with this victory. Uh, Baltimore, before the game, I'm going to stick with Baltimore, obviously, now. Dallas yeah. doesn't have the firepower to keep up. Baltimore is letting Lamar Jackson run. He does best. Baltimore will roll. Oh, yeah. A little bit of controversy with Des Bryant today. Uh, Kyle will tell you about it in a couple minutes. We'll get yeah. back to it. So, uh, wild week of college football. We're going to break down some of the key games from week 14. Uh, first off, Probably not a lot of people were watching this. Uh, Raging Cajuns, Louisiana. They're now ranked number 19 in the nation. 9-2. Pretty good in the Sun Belt. They're playing App State and on Friday night. And the Raging Cajun long snapper was having a rough time today. I think he had about three or four muffed snaps. So at the end of the game, um, the Cajuns decided to take two safeties on fourth down instead of going for it. But App State missed the field goal when they got the ball back. They secured the dub. But this is just crazy to me. Why wouldn't you just – it was fourth and two on both of them. Why you trust yourself to, you know, fumble a snap 40 yards back more than getting the two yards on a run play? Yeah, I actually saw that for the first time today on TikTok. Yeah. That was just uh, – <laughs> yeah, I know TikTok is my main uh, news source oh, yeah. now. But that was for a lot of people. That was just bizarre. I, I don't understand the thought process behind that. All right. Uh, another game, the Cow Bears got their first one of the season. I'm sorry, Brett. They upset the Oregon Ducks, 21-17. The Ducks are knocked out of the rankings. They probably won't be back. They're having a rough rebuilding year, but it's all right. Uh, all their players opted out. Yeah. Uh, Chase Garbers, 
didn't do much through the air, but had a rushing touchdown. He's he's a beast, sophomore quarterback from Cal. Uh, obviously, we're from the Bay Area, so we know a little yeah. bit about this guy. Um, <laughs> Ohio State, fifty-two to twelve over Michigan State. Seems like nothing to talk about, right? But their season might be over. Sure. You know, their game against Michigan got canceled, and they're trying to schedule a game with A and M, right, Brett? Yeah, I believe it was A and M that, or it's in talks. Nothing confirmed. Okay. I've heard rumors. Yeah, exactly. Nothing set in stone, so they might not get to play in the playoff this year. Yeah, or that that's just the Big Ten uh, championship game, though. Yeah. I don't think it's oh, okay. to the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, but if they don't play in that Big Ten championship game, I don't see it's how the committee tough, yeah. lets them into the playoffs. So. Exactly. It's exactly. hard to get that on. ending their season. Yeah. Well, Another big game. game. <laughs> <laughs> we all know bowl games don't matter if you're not in the on New Year's. Yeah. Played on New Year's. No, yeah, oh, man. Hey, expanded yeah. to 64 team playoff. Love oh, it. God. You know how many <laughs> torn ACLs we would see? Do you know <laughs> how many upsets we'd see, though? True. Uh, probably a good amount. Yeah. Exactly. But, anyways, um, <laughs> one of the last undefeated teams, Marshall, got shot up by Rice at home. Yeah, man. what happened, man? Five picks. <laughs> it's a bad day. Marshall quarterback Grant Wells. True freshman from Charleston, West Virginia. That's not good. But you know what? They'll be back. Defense is young. Quarterbacks are true freshmen. Come on. They'll be back next year. And one more game. I got to shut it out. I know you guys are – or Kyle, Stanford fan. 31-26 to 26 dub over the dubs. Woo! Let's go, man. Big game. 22nd rank Washington goes down. David Mills. And what's his name? Aaron Austin. Austin Jones, Austin Austin Jones, Jones running man. back from Antioch. Yeah. Went to Bishop O'Dowd. Good Absolute for him. Beast, man. Yeah, that game was pretty <laughs> hype. Uh, seeing us take down a, a ranked opponent was, uh, was good to see considering our slow start in the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so one year ago today, Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy. Obviously, that's been pushed back a little bit. And two years ago, Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy. Was it on this day? Uh, yes. I actually got a Snapchat yeah. memory. Pop up. Yeah, I got a memory for Burrow. Yeah. Very nice. But uh, anyways, let's take a look at the Heisman stocks. So stock up is going to be all the Bama boys. All right. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith. Stock up to the roof, man. Devontae Smith. I want to pull this up because I don't want to be wrong about this. It was, it was magical. Are you talking about his <laughs> performance? I think like he had like nine touchdowns. catches, two hundred seventy-eight, and three touchdowns. Eight yeah. for two thirty-one. Tyree Kill-esque. Oh yeah, Mac Jones three eighty-five and four touchdowns, and our boy Najee from yeah, Illinois, one forty-five and three touchdowns. Yeah, he's, oh yeah, he's one of the most slept-on Heisman candidates in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want sure. to talk about him. And something that I'm going to be really pumped for mm-hmm. is uh, the SEC championship game in a, in a couple weeks with uh, oh, yeah. Kyle Trask going against that defense. Mm-hmm. But we also got to talk about the stocks down. And this one, man, if you told us a couple of months ago these guys would be stocked down, you wouldn't believe me. Number one is going to be Trevor Lawrence uh, coming back from COVID. He had a great game two weeks ago, but last week struggled against Vatek. Obviously, 45-10 to 10 doesn't look like a struggle, but for this powerhouse, it is. Trevor Lawrence was held under 200 yards for the first time in forever through a pick. 
he's not going to win the Heisman, boys. No. And it's kind of sad because I, I wanted to see him up there giving a speech. I think you guys uh, should probably just pass on him at this point, too. Just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take the safer quarterback. Take Zavin Collins. On. Zavin oh, Collins, man. number one overall. I know you love him. Or Kellen Mond, man. Can you, KJ Costello? All right, stop it. They're products of the system, man. <laughs> but anyways, the second stock down is going to be Justin Fields. The other, we thought it was going to be a one-two punch for the Heisman, but no, his season might be over, at least the regular season. And he, again, was held under 200 yards against Michigan State. Uh, uh, did you watch that game by chance? I was sleeping. I, Justin Fields, the, the starting center for Ohio State was out that game. He made some... Yeah incredible plays with his legs and just athletic ability. Uh, maybe not the greatest stat line, but he, in my opinion, he had a very impressive day. All right. Inside good enough for me. But maybe not good enough for Dotman voters. All right. Uh, let's go back to the NFL. Let's take a look at the power rankings. Go ahead, Kyle. All righty. So uh, my full power rankings will be up on the Immaculate Sports website here shortly. Uh, 1 through 32, you'll get the whole gist of it with a little breakdown for every single team. But Very my nice. top 10 goes uh, at number one. I still got the Chiefs. They stay the same. Number two, moving up a spot is the New Orleans Saints. Number three, moving down a spot is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, number four, holding their spot is the Green Bay Packers. Number five, going up one spot is the Buffalo Bills. At number six, going up two spots is the Los Angeles Rams. At number seven, going up two spots as well, is Miami Dolphins. Going down three spots at number eight is the Seattle Seahawks. Going up one spot at uh, number nine is Tampa Bay. And going up six spots, my biggest mover of the whole power mm. rankings, number 10, the Cleveland Browns. For me, I'm going to keep it very similar at the top. Chiefs, number one, I think that's pretty obvious. Number two is the New Orleans Saints. Number three the Green Bay Packers, and actually this, I guess I am a little bit different. Number four, I have the Buffalo Bills. They absolutely dismantled the Niners. Uh, very impressed by Josh Allen in that game. And on the other side, I was not impressed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I have them going all the way down to number five. Number six, the Los Angeles Rams. Number seven, the Cleveland Browns. Eight, Seattle. Nine, Tampa Bay, coming off their bye week this week. And number 10, the Tennessee Titans. Very nice. Well, I'm just going to go through quickly because no one likes to hear a bunch of names. Uh, like that's names. all right. Well, I'm sorry then, <laughs> and I'm wrong. But I got Kansas City, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Buffalo, the L.A. Rams, Cleveland. Jumps up pretty big, just like, oh, yeah. Seattle, and 9 and 10, the two AFC South teams, Tennessee and Indianapolis. Good rankings. Oh, yeah. But uh, speaking of the team, we all have massive spikes. You know, Cleveland. Well, let's let's talk about Baker a little bit, man. Oh, yeah. He he had he had some day. He threw for four touchdowns in the first half and finished with 330 yards or 334 on the to be exact. But 330 yeah. is a pretty good way to sum it up with four touchdowns. This is the best I've seen Baker play. Uh, he had that good game against the Bengals earlier in the year where he started off slow and then got insanely hot, and his only incompletion in his last 23 passes was a spike. Uh, this game, though, came against a little bit more, uh, 
I'd say respected opponent in this sense. Uh, he he played really really well though, and he had a very cool touchdown celebration where he slid in very and uh, spun around. It, it was pretty pretty sure. smooth. But uh, it's not like something great for him. Three thirty four, four touchdowns against a very good team. Yeah, I don't know if this was a very good defense though in Tennessee. I'm still not well, completely sold on the Browns. I'm not either. Uh, the most impressive part of that win for me was Derrick Henry's stat line. I'm not sure his total yard count, but I know it was well under 100. And like 68 if you can or something? Derrick Henry to under 100 yards, you had a great day. And I know they mm-hmm. caused a fumble. Derrick Henry, uh, got to mm-hmm. give credit to Miles Garrett and that defensive line over there in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Sure, Tennessee is banked up. They did bring in an all-pro corner. Desmond King. All right. It's yeah. still a respectable team. Yeah. Cleveland has gotten so much hate over the past couple weeks for not putting away teams. All right. And now we know this is because they've been playing in shit weather the past couple weeks. All right. Some of us, <laughs> Carl. Um, <laughs> I'm not sold on him. I, I'm Ooh. not sold on him. I mean, I like said him. this is the worst team in the NFL. I think you have to apologize. I didn't not say the worst because team. they proved. I said they're the worst eight and three team. Okay. And uh, I think they are still the worst nine and three team in the NFL. And going right. to that point about you know closing or shutting teams down, they were up by like thirty five a lot going into halftime, and that the game ended up being a one score game. Yeah. Granted, was due to some onside kicks, and I think they yeah, got 14 yeah. points in the last minute or right. so like that. But, I mean, you can't really get that game that close uh, yeah. if you're a Browns. That is true. I, I am ready to give Cleveland a little more credit, but I still don't think they're – I don't think they should be a 9-3 and team. Playoff team, mm-hmm. sure. 9-3, and pushing it. You know, the problem with bashing Cleveland right now is that they are expected to win a playoff game. This year, if they don't, it seems like this rebuild would be a total bust, and they would have to restart or at least rethink their personnel. You know, that's at least – that was my belief when the season started. If they don't win a playoff game or two, then it was a bust season. Yeah. Uh, I Also, this team has, like, a very big game coming up next week with a team that mm-hmm. they've struggled with the last few years in uh, the Baltimore Ravens. It's just – it's – if you are a Browns fan – or a Browns player, you know you have to win this game. That's a statement game. Because yeah. it, at this point, well, it's on national television, so everybody's going to be watching around the country. And if you just get blown out, everyone's just going to go back to what they uh, always said about the Browns, that they aren't legit, they're just pretenders. But if you win this game and win it convincingly, now you got something. And with that, you yeah. have a 10-win season as well. True. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's go to a team that isn't doing too well, that started off hot in their first game of the year, but isn't doing too well now, and that's uh, the Jags. And Minshew Mania, man. This team with a healthy guard to Minshew is choosing to start Mike Glennon over him. It's crazy to me how people on Twitter, Emmanuel Echow from, from – I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but DM from Cleveland yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, he's calling out the Jets saying we're tanking, but – we're playing all our other, we're playing Frank Gore. Come on, man. These guys are sitting Gardner Minshew. He's a very capable quarterback. I'm not saying he's great, but he is very capable of winning six, seven games with this team. 
I mean, if you got a guy with a mustache like that, you just can't sit him. Okay. Uh, the mustache alone is starter worthy, and Mike Lennon isn't anything special Big at all. Neck Mike Glennon. Yeah, he he's getting some you know recognition on TikTok. Uh, get a couple sounds, but. That's all he is right now. Mike Lennon got a big contract a couple years ago. He's never lived up to it. If you're Jacksonville and you're truly trying to win and not trying to tank, you would be starting Gardner Minshew. True. Oh, yeah. So we've had a conversation in our uh, PlayStation parties the last couple days about the top linebackers in the league. Here's <laughs> what you guys' top five inside linebackers are in the NFL. Yeah, Brett and I were having some fun last night. We thought – I thought we should just throw into the show because it was a good conversation, a good yeah. argument. Top five inside linebackers. I'm going to start it off. All right. I have Bobby Wagner at the top. All right. Bobby Wagner is the best linebacker in football. Fred Warner, number two. I know you're going to have my number one. Oh, yeah. He's my number two. Then I got Levante David, Tremaine Edmonds, Blake Martinez. Where's Darius? Darius? I didn't include him. See, I, I, I have Darius Leonard all the way up at number two. Uh, just behind Fred Warner, having seen Bobby Wagner for years as a Niner fan, I, I think last year I'd give Bobby Wagner the nod at number one. Absolute beast, still is. But having watched Fred Warner and tape on Darius Leonard this year, those two players are just so special. Warner is an elite linebacker in every way, good run stopper, very fast, and one of the best coverage linebackers I've ever seen. Um, after those three at the top, uh, I have Levante David and then Eric Kendricks of the Vikings. I think you can definitely fit Tremaine Edmonds in there somewhere. He played amazing last mm-hmm. night versus us. But Kendricks, I believe, had a pick either this week or last week, and he's been doing it for a long time. So he gets one of the best cover guys in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm honestly just shocked that you don't have Darius Leonard in there, man. I think you got to have Darius just, Leonard. I considered him as an outside linebacker, so That's I didn't fair. put him in. That's fair. I'm a big maniac. It's not his fault. It's the scheme's fault. But yeah. technically, I didn't. Outside I just linebacker that plays in coverage. Blake Martinez, uh, going back to your list, one of the most slept-on players yeah. in the league. Just, yes. Oh, yeah. Stanford product. He tackles pretty much every year. I think he's leading this year. Just absolute beast. I is met Blake Martinez's him, sister in the league one time. Tackles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very lovely together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a nice gentleman was, she got to meet. It was a crazy, crazy day, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, Let's go back anyways, to college football uh, a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, we talked Best about, game. Yeah, we Best talked game. about the, the Coast Carolina-BYU game a little bit in the opener. Yeah. But there was something that happened at half that just doesn't uh, make sense. Uh, BYU quarterback dropped back to throw – or Zach Wilson is his name, if you don't know it already. But uh, yes. dropped back, choked him way deep, uh, ended up getting picked off. But that's not really what the story is about this play. Uh, Skyler, <laughs> do you have the, the, the DN's name? Because I, I do. I do. I don't Number 94. Number 94, the outside linebacker, Jeffrey Gunter. Yeah, yeah. so Jeffrey Jeffrey did a stooge thing. He's number one on the stooge <laughs> rankings this, this week. Uh, Pass it, Alex. He, he picked up Zach Wilson, threw him to the ground, picked him up again, and threw him to the ground again. And a whole big fight broke out. Mormons versus the mullets. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Christians versus convicts. Sounds like and a movie. <laughs> the crazy thing is is that there was no penalty thrown. No penalty flag thrown. Yeah, for all I, of that. I was going to say, I think the biggest stooge in this whole situation is the, the ref. 
standing yeah. right next to what is occurring. Uh, Gunter, Gun- Gun- whatever his name is, Jeffrey picking Gunter. up future 49er quarterback Zach Wilson and slamming him to the ground. That man is very valuable <laughs> in my eyes, and he needs to be protected at all costs because he will be leading us to a Super Bowl in one to two years. So, You know, the craziest thing about all this, though, guys, is that he easily could have been ejected, but yeah. he stayed in the game and got the game-winning strip sack. Yeah, he played well. He did. It's... He is very good. It's just shocking, man. I think the ref was just, like, in shock when he first saw it happening, though. It's like, whoa, this guy's, like, actually doing this. But, yeah. yeah. Together, take it. What do you want to talk about with Boise, man? Okay. So, Boise State football head coach Harson has complained about the Mountain West for years. All right. They tried to leave a couple years ago. didn't work. They were stuck in a TV deal. But uh, now they're trying to leave and looking at either the American Conference or the Pac-12. If they go to the American, they wouldn't be able to include other sports, just football. But um, long-term, we're looking at a Pac-12 move here, which is very interesting because we've seen in the past – obviously, Boise's kind of been a rebuilding year right now. They Mm -hmm. just lost their entire defense in the draft or uh, the spring league. And J.J. Watt. They lost J.J. Watt. And their quarterback, too. But anyways, um, you know, Boise's been playing in the holiday Las Vegas Bowl, whatever you want to call it, most years. And they usually compete with whether it's Oregon, USC, Washington. It'll be interesting if they get into the Pac-12. I think it would be a good move for them, considering the the state of the Pac-12 right now. Not the the greatest uh, the Pac-12's ever been. You put Boise in there, I think they compete with most of those teams. Oh, yeah. Guys, uh, I'm getting a call from our on-field reporter, Paul Priest, right now. Let's uh, take it to the golf course. Thank you for having me this week on the Immaculate Sports Podcast. I appreciate it. I just want all the listeners to know that Christian McCaffrey is back this week. CMC is back this week, baby. Let's go. He should be RB1 in all your fantasy leagues. And if not, you're a fucking chump. Let's go. Thank you, Paul. Uh, you are correct. Christian McCaffrey is back. CMC's Put him in your back. Yeah. Big news for fantasy owners. Eh? Number one guy oh, yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. Thank win, you, Paul. That guy Thank will you, win Paul. you a fantasy championship back right at the perfect time. And uh, oh, a yeah. little shout-out to Paul. He's he's going through his uh, fantasy playoffs as well right now. So he's hyped. We're, we're with him right now for, for his Roy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get you know, uh, the past couple weeks we haven't been looking at bad takes. That's my fault, guys. I've been lazy. But I found a couple of really bad takes this week to make up for it all right first one comes to us from mcgallon texas baby some of you guys some of you guys might have seen the video of senior defensive lineman emmanuel duran from edinburgh high school get ejected from his game instead of leaving the field he charged at the ref (laughs) he took him out got arrested you know I saw, I did see Pat McAfee was talking about it the first day it happened. And he said, uh, he's just a kid. You know, it turns out he's 18. So he's looking at assault and battery charges. Uh, (laughs) That's not good. Uh, Any offers he got. Because he was, I believe he was first team all district. He was 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 a good player. player. I know that for sure. Especially the year in that high school conference. 
Yeah, in, in McAllen, Texas, too, that's a very yeah. big high school football spot. I mean, chances are that kid had a future ahead of him in college football. Um, it's hard to see that happening now. As yeah, now it's going to be flipping he was burgers. and arrested and taken yeah. off the field by police. So Get that offer yeah. at Waffle House. <laughs> oh, man. Waffle House got good food. Don't sleep on Waffle House. <laughs> Another take. I actually saw this one today. This one comes to us from Ace Diamond. He uh, doesn't want to share his name, I guess. He said the Golden State Warriors title window is forever closed. It's never closed. It's never closed. James Harden would require us giving up James Wiseman, and Harden is the only player to open up the window. This is just absolutely ridiculous to me. Are you kidding me, man? James Harden's going to fix all the problems? James Harden yeah, is not going to answer any problems. James Harden, much like Russell Westbrook, is a player, in my opinion, that won't win you a championship. They're very, very good players, both of them, but they're not a championship-type player. And going back to his original take, I think the Warriors are going to compete this year, even without Klay Thompson. Yeah. They have a very solid roster. They have the number two pick in James Wiseman, who is currently battling COVID right now. So hopefully he gets back out there soon and gets some practice. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me to say this Golden State Warriors team can't compete. I mean, chances are Clay's back next year anyways, and this team just gets that much better. Yeah. One thing I think you get with James – or not James Wiseman, James Harden, is you don't get the answer to problems. You get more problems. And one yeah. thing that we've seen with the Warriors team in these last few years when they've been winning is they don't have a lot of problems. They don't have off-the-court problems. And they did have one. They kind of, like, derailed season a little bit where uh, Draymond and KD got into it after that Clippers game a couple mm-hmm. years ago. But besides that, like, this team is very glued. And uh, together, it's – and being a Warriors fan is very fun. And that's big props to Steve Kerr. He is great with the locker room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, guys, our point guard isn't J.J. Barea or Austin Rivers. It's Stephen Curry. Best point guard in the league. Okay. Possibly ever. We don't need James Harden bossing this dude around. Make This guy, all, I didn't mention it, but he also said Steph Curry could easily be an off-ball shooter in this new offense. Get the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Steph Curry's the guy. Let him be the guy. That's all I have for you guys. <laughs> Hopefully he's a warrior for life. I think he will be. They're talking about contracts extensions right now. And I think that's the end of halftime. Oh, oh, Des Bryant. Oh, Des yeah, Bryant. Des Bryant. That is something. We cannot forget about that. Okay, let's <laughs> – let's. so Des Bryant, player for the Ravens, was going to get to have his uh, reunion. Homecoming. Homecoming, kind of, yeah. still in Baltimore, against the the Dallas Cowboys. And just prior to the game, they Literally took him 10 off minutes. the field, uh, said – Des, you got to go get tested for COVID, man. And uh, I guess his test came back positive, and he got pulled from the game. Only him. No close contact, which I think is a little weird. Let's go through uh, Des Bryant's tweets in the last couple hours. I have a hard time thinking this is a real test. I, I feel like it's a fake positive. Yeah, I'm thinking um, I did hear that um, – I, I can't remember what it's called, but the uh, the test where you, you that we take, the one that yeah. you wait – four days for it, CVR, CVS, something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the one he took, apparently, and that's why he found out just now because it didn't come mm-hmm. in rapid. So with what they've been – sorry, one second. What's what they've been doing – I don't know how they don't pull more, more players out of this game Yeah, with the close contact tracing. I mean, we've seen it 
destroy Baltimore last week. They had, I think, mm-hmm. 18 guys go down to, like, close contact tracing or whatever, whatever it's called. It's just weird to me that only Des Bryant is taken out of this game and so close to game time. Something just doesn't add up. So. Yeah, so let's go through his tweets. Des Bryant, <laughs> two hours ago, told me why they pull me from warming up so I can go get tested. My shit came back positive. I tested positive for COVID. What the fuck? His next tweet. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call it a quit for the rest of the season. I can't deal with this. His next tweet. Since I tested positive for COVID before the game, did the game stop or go on at NFL? Uh, his next tweet. I'm about, to, I'm about to drink some wine and cope. His next tweet. <laughs> Since since I'm out, do you guys want to hear about my business I've been working on? <laughs> I mean, his next. I think he just needs to. He's frustrated. His, he's hot right now. All right. At he's this hot. point, he at this point, I think he's I think he's drunk. Because uh, his next week is, I got COVID. Everyone. <laughs> I, I mean, mean uh, this, is, this is probably a game Des Bryant had marked on his calendar when he oh, was yeah. with Baltimore. You know, yeah. coming back or not back to Dallas, but. Being able to face Dallas, the team that he played most of his career for, almost all of his career, you know, getting an opportunity to play against them in a primetime game, it's got to be very frustrating for him, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was hitting the wine bottles hard. Yeah, let's go to his next tweet, though, where it kind of goes against that. He says, I'm not drunk yet. I only had one glass of wine. I refuse to believe that. I'm getting, I'm getting my business stuff together to share with y'all. Lol. And then uh, his most recent one, as of 28 minutes ago, I'll refresh right after this and see if he did anything else. Uh, somebody said to him, Des, just tell us you're coming back. Uh, he said, yeah, I'm coming back. I'm being smart. He, so it was kind of the spur of the moment All thing, right. saying All right. that he yeah, was yeah, going to yeah. be back, which we kind of expected. And, uh, yeah, it's his most recent tweet. I just refreshed it. Nothing new. So. All right. Ravens fans, him, your wide receiver one is coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Good news. Yeah. <laughs> Still going to get two catches a game. Yeah. Going to be something. Sorry, two targets. That's crazy. Yeah. But now right. I think that finally finally concludes halftime. Oh, yeah. So we're back from halftime, and we're going to have a little different segment than what we've had before. We'll get back to some of the words your head at things in a little bit. But we're going to go to our 2021 QB predictions around the NFL. Uh, there's Who's going to start week one? Yeah, we we've talked about this a little bit on our on our own, a little bit uh mainly with the Jimmy and Nick Mullins and perhaps someone getting uh, drafted in that spot. But we're gonna go through around the league and the the QB situations aren't really like a hundred percent solved. So we didn't include the Chiefs, we didn't include the Chargers, we didn't include uh Packers, Texans, yeah, Miami, uh, a lot of teams that have their guy already. So first, we're going to start with the Steelers. Personally, I think Big Ben's coming back for another year. Yeah, I think uh, he's got one more year too. You know, if if this year they went 8-8 eight and eight again or something like that, then they would probably move on. But, you know, they're obviously going to be 13, 14, 15 wins this year. So they're going to stick with him another year. Mm-hmm. I definitely think Ben has at least one more year. I believe Josh Dobbs is their backup right now. Uh, yeah. Actually, no, it's um, Helmet Boy. Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. And Dobbs. I like Dobbs. I like Dobbs, though. I, I like think Dobbs. one of those two will remain the backup, at least for next year, but Ben will be the starter week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, going to the Saints, I have Taysom Hill. I do think Drew Brees will retire this year. 
Uh, this guy guy's taking a beating, man. Uh, I don't blame him if he retires and just even if they don't win the Super Bowl, I don't can't fault the guy for that. And uh, Sean Payton really, really loves Taysom Hill he as does. a quarterback option, and that's why I think he'll stick with them for next year, starting with one at least. Yeah, I agree. I think Breeze is going to retire. He's been getting smacked around pretty much the past five years, and you know, so far Taysom Hill hasn't looked bad. You know, if Sean Payton gets fired or, you know, takes a leave, which I've heard is possible, then we probably won't see Taysom Hill stay in New Orleans. But right now I have Taysom Hill slotted there. First off, I, I don't think Sean Payton leaves. Going into this year, I thought Breeze had this year and then one more left. But after breaking, what was it, 11? 11, rip? yeah. And puncture or whatever happened Collapse. to his lung, lung collapsed yeah. lung. Yeah. I don't see Breeze, you know, a family guy playing another year. I think this is his last year no matter what. Taysom Hill has played good in his first three NFL starts. I think he will be the week one starter next year. Yeah. Going to the Colts, uh, this is my first big shakeup. I have Matthew Stafford being the quarterback. I think they work off, uh, work with a trade with the Lions to be able to acquire him. Uh, and I think having a guy like Matthew Stafford, who is severely underrated in the NFL, uh, not often looked at as like a top 10 QB. And I think he's, he's a fringe guy in that list. Uh, I think the addition of him to this Colts team perhaps makes them a Super Bowl contender. They already have the good defense. Uh, they got the running back trio that's uh, starting to come along and they should have Marlon Mack back as, as well next year. Mm. And they're starting to get some uh, production from uh, Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton again. Yeah. You know, I originally had uh, Kyle Trask, quarterback from Florida here, but I'm going to change this one to Jacoby Brissett. I think Frank Reich would most likely start him over whoever else comes to town. And he's been playing good, you know, when he's asked to come in and play Wildcat or whatever, or when Rivers needs a break. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to change that one right now. You know, I also had a rookie coming in, and, you know, looking at this, I think I'm going to change it too. I think Phillip Rivers gets one more year. I do think they draft a quarterback probably within the first two rounds, whether it's Trask or maybe uh, Trey Lance. But I think Rivers gets another shot. But I do think Brissett might have an option somewhere else to get playing time. Mm-hmm. The starter caliber, or starting caliber quarterback, I don't think there's – 32 quarterbacks better than him, so I hope he gets a shot someplace else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going to the Buccaneers, this this one's pretty much like, do you think Brady has another year in him or not? I think he does. Yeah. Tom Brady's a starter for I this. agree. Oh, yeah. Same with Brady. Yeah. To the Vikings, uh, this, this one was kind of more talked about prior to the season with how Kirk Cousins was playing mm-hmm. going into the end of the year, but he's played really well these last uh, few weeks or so. And for that reason, I'm sticking with Kirk for the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, Kirk Cousins as well. Um, he's got Jets over there, Justin Jefferson, and he's played a lot better. Right now, they're slated as the last wild card team. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think Cousins gets at least one more year contractually. It doesn't make sense to move him. They're winning enough football games to keep him in playoff contention. I don't, I don't see a reason to make a change. Going to the 49ers now as our next team. Uh, this is a weird spot because they pretty much have to have Jimmy on the roster unless they find a way to trade him. But due to mm-hmm. like 
the dead hit in the cap or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they pretty much need to have him. So I think Jimmy is going to be the week one starter, but they will have Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback, on their bench. Okay, okay. Uh, I agree. Uh, Jimmy is probably going to be here next year, so why not start him? You know, Mullins, I think, will get get paid. Probably not yeah. in San Francisco, but he will. And He's a good backup. Like you said, Jimmy, Jimmy can't leave until 22, yeah. I think, is when you can cut him. After so, next season. Yeah. With, with the way we structure that contract, we would end up saving a lot more money if we cut him at the end of next season rather than this season, because I believe the contract was very front-loaded yeah. or back-loaded, whatever it is. But um, Jimmy will start week one. I can almost guarantee it. But everything out of the Niner camps points to Shanahan loving Zach Wilson. It would not surprise me if they still drafted Zach Wilson, let him sit on the bench for a year if Jimmy struggles or gets hurt. He'd be the first guy to come in. Um, so I got Jimmy week one with Zach Wilson from BYU off the bench. Off to the Patriots. Uh, this one's – Pretty interesting because we've seen Cam Newton uh, take the role, not fully take the role of uh, Tom Brady, obviously, but he's right now his successor. And I think they find one in the draft and Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback. I agree that Cam Newton is not the long-term answer. You know, Bill Belichick coming into this year knew that he was screwed Pretty much. That's that's the easiest way to say it. Um, I'm going with Jared Stidham, in-house guy. I do think they're going to either draft or sign a young guy. But week one, I'm going with Stidham. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle's path. I'm going to go Mac Jones, pro-style quarterback at Alabama. Fits kind of the Belichick mold. Actually, very similar to Stidham, but I think better than Stidham in pretty much every way. Uh, he's going to try to groom him to be you know, his Brady, his next Brady. I don't mm-hmm. think Stidham is capable of that. I don't think Newton is anything close to Brady. Yeah. Belichick wants his guy, and I think it will be Mac Jones. Yeah. Off to the Bears. Uh, I, I have Mitchell Trubisky being the rink one starter. I think Nick Foles goes uh, somewhere else or gets cut. He's out of the league, but I assume he gets a backup role somewhere else. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky will start the season for them, but they will take a quarterback in the draft, and that quarterback will be Kyle Trask, quarterback from Florida. All right. I'm going with Trubisky, too. You know, next year is going to be his last year on the uh, rookie contract. You know, they can pick up the fifth, but I, I agree. I feel like Foles is more likely to get moved. And with possibly a new coach coming in? I would assume so. I could see that, maybe, yeah. Maybe not as much change as you would think. For me, I have Sam Darnold as the week one quarterback for the Bears. <laughs> Darnold won't have a spot with the Jets once Lawrence comes in. There's no reason to keep Darnold. Bears need something shaken up. Trubisky and uh, Foles just aren't going to be enough. Darnold, I still think, has potential. I think he's a talented quarterback. Doesn't get much help around him with the Jets. Maybe put him in a different situation and he thrives. I don't know if the Bears is the right situation for that, but Mm -hmm. I think they could explore that. It seems like a lot of chaos for a guy who's coming from a lot of chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Uh, this takes us to the Lions, where I have a guy who threw his first career pass against the Lions in Sam Darnold. Uh, as Brett said, there's not really a spot for Sam in New York for the Jets uh, this next year with probably taking Trevor Lawrence, but we honestly never know with them. 
but Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions last or next year after they trade away Matthew Stafford. I'm sticking with Stafford. Um, you know, there is a new GM coming in, so it's possible they move him. But, you know, if he's there, which is possible because he's still under contract, Stafford's going to start week one. Yeah, not only is there a new GM, but there's going to be a new head coach. Patricia's yeah. gone. Stafford's going to be a good bridge quarterback for whatever QB that head coach wants to take. Still a very capable, borderline top 10. I'd say top 10 quarterback in the league. I think he stays. Top 10 arm, for sure. I think he stays at least one more year in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. That takes us to an AFC West team in the Denver Broncos, where the, I have another kind of shocker here. I think I think this guy's kind of an upgraded Drew Locke in a sense. Uh, where he's kind of careless with the ball, but he is pretty athletic and makes some some impressive throws, and that's Carson Jay Wentz. Oh. <laughs> uh, I love Jay Cutler. Type 1 diabetic. Shout out my type 1s. Let's go. But, yeah, I have Carson Wentz going to the Denver Broncos in a year that the Carson Wentz stock is way lower than it's what, it, what it's been in years past. Uh, obviously, super high the year that they won the Super Bowl, even though he got hurt, and uh, made some made some great plays last year, honestly, with them as well. But I see Wentz being moved in favor of uh, Jalen Hurts and him going to the Broncos. All right. I'm sticking with Drew Locke. John Elway loves this guy. I know he has a lot of improvement to do, but he's got the typical strong arm. I don't think he's done yet. I think we've we've given some hate to Drew Locke on the show, but I actually do like Drew Locke. I think he's very talented. His decision-making, very questionable, as if you saw the game versus the Kansas City Chiefs. What was that first interception on that first drive? He just threw it up. Didn't make sense. The, the arm talent's there for Drew Locke. That's not the problem. He needs he needs to refine his game, but I think Elway and whoever is coaching there, whether it's Fangio or not, will give Drew Locke one more year. Off to Washington. Uh, maybe they'll find a name as well here soon, but the quarterback position is what we're talking about today. Uh, I have Alex Smith being the week one starter with Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State on the bench. I think Alex Smith will retire after this year. So I'm going to have Trey Lance starting week one for North Dakota. I have Alex Smith. Um, I think it's possible they take a quarterback in the first round, whether it's Lance, but Smith's been more than serviceable in his four four starts or five starts or whatever it's been. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they took a mid round pick or just kept Dwayne Haskins for another year and stick with the same quarterback situation. This takes us to Atlanta, where the Falcons uh, are really contract contractually obligated to uh, Matt Ryan these next few years based off of the contract, and for that reason, I'm sticking with Matt Ryan. Yeah, exactly. There's not much they could do about this, so Matt Ryan's going to be here for a couple of years. I see Matt Ryan as the week one starter. I've heard very far, far-fetched rumors that Possibly the Niners and Falcons work out a Jimmy Ryan swap somehow, you know, reunite Matt Ryan with Kyle Shannon. I do not see it happening. I think Matt Ryan stays a Falcon for the next couple of years. Yeah, and one of the things with Matt Ryan, too, is that some people think that it's like they need to get him out of there just because it's new coach, new GM, just starting blank. But Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, man. He's a he's, very good quarterback. He, he's a beast when he's there, and he's, he won an MVP not too long ago. Mm-hmm. That goes to another NFC team now. Uh, or in the Eagles. I have them sticking with the guy that they just named their starter, Jalen Hurts. 
I got a little bit of a bold prediction for you guys. Jalen Hurts gets hurt in preseason. They keep Wentz, start in week one. Yeah, I'm not going to go out that much on a limb. Uh, Skyler, you know, he thinks he's big brain and all, but Jalen Hurts will be the week one starter next year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jay went out of his way to predict an injury for a player. Which, sure. Speaking of injuries. Fragile. Yeah, speaking of injuries, uh, we're going to the Cowboys next, where I have Dak assuming that he will be back week one. I don't know if he will, but the main point of this is that the Cowboys are going to pay Dak Prescott. Yeah, I agree. They're going to pay him. Um, so I have Dak slash Dalton. You know, who's, who's healthy week one? He's going to get the start. I know it's kind of weak, but I'm giving him the slash. I have the same deal. Uh, Dak, he's going to get resigned, I believe, by the Cowboys. They see how valuable he is with what's happened after he's been out. Uh, if he's healthy, he will start. If not, it will be Andy Dalton. Our next team is kind of in a weird spot in the Cincinnati Bengals because uh, obviously this is Burrow's job in 2022 and uh, perhaps his job when he comes back in 2021, if he does, or it's going to be his job when he comes job. back no matter what, yeah. but, but yeah. Uh, like perhaps on him like coming back in 2021. Uh, so with that being said, it's not like a, a spot where they're going to go get a guy who's going to be there for a couple years. And for that, for that reason and that reason only, I'm going with Josh Rosen or uh, Dwayne Haskins. I think yeah. they're going to give a guy who hasn't really gotten a shot a shot in this spot. And uh, if he turns out to be something great, can trade him away, get get a first-round pick for him. That's that's the beauty with QBs. They have such mm-hmm. a high value in the NFL mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow's likely not going to be playing there. I think they pretty much already ruled him so out. I went with Haskins. Yeah. I'm going with Haskins, too. He, You could probably give up a third for him, honestly. Ron Rivera hates Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some, a cheap guy like that, him, or maybe Fitzpatrick, you know, or even Darnold. But right now I'm going to go with Haskins. You stole my thing. I, I actually just changed this. I think it's going to be kind of an Andy Dalton situation. You know, you bring mm-hmm. in a quality backup uh, in case the starter gets hurt. In this case, the starter's already hurt. You know your backup's going to be your starter next year in a sense. Um I think Fitzpatrick would play beautifully in this role, and right. he'd be a great mentor mentor for Joe Burrow. You know, young quarterback. You've seen him with Tua. He's been great with Tua. The other option I have is Nick Mullins from the San Francisco 49ers. I could I see that one for sure. Is I think he's proven he's capable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes, he's not the best, but I think he can get the job done and get the team some wins. You know, bring Nick Mullins in on a probably pretty decent contract be a very serviceable backup uh, and he's going to get to play a full season. You just got to keep the ships moving until Burrow gets there. Yeah, exactly. And even if you don't do good next year, if you're the Bengals, it's not the worst case scenario. You build a team around Burrow, get another high pick with that. It's going to be three years in a row. Probably Penisable. Yeah. Another big pick. So that's big for them. Let's go to Jacksonville where uh, unfortunately Gardner Minshew's time is up. Uh, Minshew also oh po- perhaps God. another guy. In uh, we forgot about Daddy. I yeah, just yeah, thought yeah. about him. Uh, I think Minshew stays and is the backup, but uh, maybe Jake Lewin. We'll see there. Uh, but I got Justin Fields being the guy. Jackson. Oh yeah, it's it's Justin Fields. Uh, at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah. If if that is the pick Jacksonville chooses to take, it will be Justin Fields starting week one. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Minshew stay. Uh, I'm not sure what his contract looks like, but I don't think they have a real reason to move him. He doesn't have – he's on a rookie deal. You know, keep him as a backup, very serviceable backup. 
but Justin Fields should get that job with the number two overall pick. Okay, and uh, going to the Jets at our, at our uh, second to last spot, and uh, this is where I got Nathan Peterman, man. Uh, <laughs> Peterman's got some great upside. Uh, you see, he went three for five against the Falcons uh, just a Sunday ago. Just a trick about, uh, Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg's also another option. What about Kendall Hint- Hilton? Kendall oh, Hinton? He, yeah, he's going to be looking for a job. Uh, I could see Brett Rippin as no. well. Maybe Blake Bortles. Uh, <laughs> Sean Mannion, yes. another dark horse for that job. But real talk, it's Trevor. Yeah, it's Trevor Lawrence. I don't think we need to talk about this. Or James Morgan. Four more games. Let's do it. I hope you guys win. <laughs> I just want to see you yeah. cry. Just go get a victory, man. Not that hard. Just one, just one game. You don't yeah. want to go on 16. That's embarrassing. I don't care. And now our last team that we're going to go with. I added this team kind of late because I, it, some other people thought it was uh, not as clear as I thought it was with uh, Carolina I mean, Panthers. It turns out we're all on the same, the same page, though, right? Yeah. I, I got Teddy for the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Teddy is uh, – he's still the bridge. His time's not done yet. He's still, you know, doing what he's water. supposed to do. Be good on third down. Don't turn it over. And they'll get their quarterback in a year or two. Starting to make plays, though. Yeah, I think if it's not Teddy, the Panthers are doing something wrong. I think Teddy is a very good quarterback. Very yes. underappreciated, underrated. I'm looking forward to seeing him with hopefully a full season of McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey's mm-hmm. that team's yeah. best weapon out of the backfield. He's going to get 10 catches a game going to make things a lot easier for Bridgewater. He already has Robbie Anderson, who's had an amazing year and a really underrated receiver, borderline top 10 receiver in DJ Moore. Yeah. And so Robbie. Can, yeah, that concludes our uh, 2021 QB predictions. Uh, mark this point right now, December 8th, 2020. Uh, come back to it week one next year and see how we did. I know we're going to do I'm from it. the future, yep. so I have an advantage. That's true. Together is from the future. He's like at least like 35 years ahead of us. But let's go back to where's your head at, and we're going to be switching sports a little bit. We got a basketball take and a baseball take. Uh, blockbuster trade happened over the week with uh, Russell Westbrook heading to the Washington Wizards for John Wall. Uh, honestly, I really don't see this trade really. It obviously affects the two teams, but I don't think it makes that much of a difference between them except for the fact that maybe the Wizards are a playoff team now. But I think they would have been a playoff team with a healthy John Wall and Bradley Beal in the first place. Yeah, I think, you know, with Westbrook, they could possibly get a 6-7-8 seed. But, you know, this is really to tell. If all they needed was a point guard to make the playoffs, they don't have to blow it up. If they suck next year, then they're going to trade everyone except for Rui Hachimura. The way I see it is the Wizards just traded an a little bit older, a little bit more injury-prone Russell Westbrook for Russell Westbrook. I think the two are very yeah. similar players. I, I think this trade was done for the Rockets in order to try to please James Harden. Uh, the rumor has been said that Harden would have preferred Wall over Westbrook. The reason, I don't know. Uh, however, Harden still seems unhappy and looks like he wants to find a way out, possibly to Philadelphia. I don't think this trade really shakes anything up playoff-wise. I think both teams are, you know, mid to bottom of their conference. So, Yeah, it's yeah. it's something interesting with the Harden situation in, in Houston. 
And personally, as a Warrior fan, I love seeing the Rockets just not just be happy. The Rockets. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> it, it's good to see them perhaps blowing up soon. And uh, James Harden not being happy there is is a sign that makes me happy. You know what makes me happy, though? Baseball hot stove. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. The winter meeting. Winter meeting. A little hot stove stove going on right now. We had a couple of free agent deals today with Adam Eaton going to the White Sox and Carlos Santana going to, not the guitar player, by the way. But he did go to the not the 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 founder of But the Royals. Uh, But our our big baseball take is uh, Lance Lynn. Uh, Cy Young candidate the last few years for the Texas Rangers is going over to the Chicago White Sox to help bolster uh, their pitching rotation. In exchange, they got Dan Dunning, who started Game Three of the Wild Card Series against the A's, only won an mm-hmm. inning, but he didn't uh, go an inning, did he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, two thirds of an inning, yeah. an inning, pretty much the same thing. But uh, yeah, Dane is a pretty high prospect for the White Sox, and they're sending him over there. Who? And I, I don't think Dane has the highest ceiling as a player, perhaps a four or five starter in that rotation. Yeah. I love but what this, the White Sox are doing. Yeah. This, this oh, they're going all trade, in. Do you guys think this makes them like a legitimate like World Series contender in the yes. AL? Oh, yeah. They're going to try. <laughs> I, I think they were talented enough to do it last year. Uh, I, I know they weren't everyone's favorites once it got to the playoffs, and they were eliminated by you know our Oakland A's in the first round. Yeah. That team is filled with young talent. Uh, a little bit of a playoff experience under their belt. You know, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson. That lineup is lethal. Adding Adam Eaton, very solid hitter. Oh, yeah. Hey, and Lynn with the playoff experience, too, in yeah, St. Louis. Lynn, that rotation, Giolito at the top with Lynn, two absolute studs. And then you're getting Michael Kopish, who's former top 10 prospect. You know, he's battled some injuries. In Austin, yeah. Um, but he's going to be back this year. That dude throws gas. He does. You know? 100 miles per hour. They got it, another young flame, though, Garrett Crochet, and will be the show legend coming yeah. out of the bullpen. <laughs> they are filled with young talent, and I think they're poised to make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, An interesting I, thing about – sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I do think this makes the White Sox the favorite team in the AL to get that World Series Central. or a championship pennant in the AL. And, uh, I mean, I really – I see the Yankees being – or competing. I don't think the Rays are going to have the the same season. I think they'll be similar, but not the same. Astros are trying to get the same thing with A's. With all that being said, the Dodgers are still the favorites. That's true. Uh, You look at that Dodgers roster, it's it's stacked from top to bottom. Yeah. You know, interesting thing to look for, though, too, is San Diego try to get Lance Lynn today, too. And they're still looking for their Clevenger replacement. Trevor Bauer. Interesting. There's a lot of guys out there. Trevor Bauer's one of them. He is. Let's Watch go. out for that. Yeah. So that concludes uh, Where's Your Head At. Let's get over to the layups and uh, some more ending and segments. A little, yeah. little lag there. Yeah, a little bit of lag, but that's all Wait, right. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you're lagging. Oh, I said, let's get out of here. <laughs> all right, yes, sir. I got to eat, dude. I'm hungry. <laughs> so our layups from last week, I had minus five. Uh, Tennessee versus Cleveland. Obviously, that didn't happen. They didn't even win. Skyler had Coastal plus 10.5 versus BYU. That covered. And Brett had New Orleans minus 3 versus Atlanta. Take it away, Brett, for yours this week. Uh, For this week, I got Green Bay minus 7.5 versus Detroit. Detroit's in shambles right now. They started off the season, you know, a 500 team. 
they've since fired their coach and everything's gone downhill. Not sure if Kenny Galladay is going to be available for this one. Green Bay's rolling right now. This should be an easy win. For mine, uh, I'm going with Indiana, minus 9.5 versus Purdue. After Michael Phoenix went down two weeks ago with the torn ACL, uh, going into that Wisconsin game last week, a lot of people thought that they were kind of dead. And uh, they even came away with a victory in that game. Their defense played really, really well. And and 9.5 points, I think, is is an easy bet for me versus Purdue. Yeah, I got Tulsa plus 12.5 against Cincinnati. I don't think they're going to win outright, but they have a great defense led by Zayvon Collins. Love that guy. Uh, they're going to keep it close. Weekly Since Zayvon he's Collins. blowing them out. Let's go to our bold prediction, shall we? So yes, last sir. week I had the Texans being the Colts, which could have happened, but Deshaun Watson fumbled the football, not even mm-hmm. by somebody else. He just dropped on his own. Uh, Skyler had the Lions being the Bears. Uh, shout out to him for getting that right. And Brett had getting benched in the favor of Hertz. I don't know how bold that was because I kind of – Yeah. It, it, it was still up there, though, because saying a QB is going to get benched is, is definitely something. I mean, last week, when still got the start, it was just today that Hertz yeah. was officially named the starter. So I'll give myself a pass. Yeah. And for this week, I, I'm not doing the boldest take again. You know, I couldn't find anything better. But I have Buffalo beating the 11-1 and Pittsburgh Steelers next week. The line as of last night was only two, but I think many people see Pittsburgh as the favorite just given their record. Uh, coming off a loss, they're going to be fired up. But I still think Buffalo, with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Josh Allen, that offense, and that solid defense gets the win. For mine, I'm going with Minnesota over Tampa. This is a must-win game for Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers. Uh, they just they need it. At this point, uh, everybody thought that they were going to be like one of the top teams in the NFL and perhaps a favorite or just behind the favorite in the Kansas City Chiefs for the Super Bowl title. And it's clear to see they're not that team. And if Minnesota, a team that was honestly written off by a lot of people early in this season, uh, keeps on coming on and they take down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think it's going to be something awesome to see. That's a must-win game for both teams. Exactly. I got the Patriots over the Rams. The Pats are on fire right now. They're going to keep rolling. You know, the Rams always have a couple games every year where they just screw up and get outcoached. And it's going to happen again. Bill's going to outcoach McVay. I got the Pats over the Rams. All right, let's go to our best game next week uh, where I have the game that Brett took in his bold prediction, Steelers versus Bills on Sunday night football in Buffalo. That game is going to be awesome to watch. It's a prove-it game for both sides. Uh, Steelers, uh, a lot of people saying like, oh, they might not be the team that they were after their loss, or the team that we thought they were after the loss against the football team. And the Bills uh, coming off a big win against the Niners uh, on national television, get another shot against the 11-1 Steelers. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, for me, I couldn't find, you know, a great game. But if this game does happen, we, we talked about it earlier, if Texas A&M and Ohio State schedule the game, that game will be absolutely massive for playoff implications be a must-win game for both teams two of the top I think five rated teams in college football right now battling it out Kellen Mond versus Justin Fields it would be must-watch TV and that would be my game of the week if it does yeah and the thing with that game too is that Texas A&M like they are hoping that thing happens because that's mm-hmm. their, that's their key in yeah both the sides they win that I mean, game. Ohio State doesn't get that game scheduled they don't even have a shot at a championship game yeah so if both teams, I think, are going to try to make it happen. I hope it does happen. Yeah. My game is number 17, North Carolina, at number 10, Miami. Sam Howell against De'Ara King. Michael Carter 
against Charles Harris. All right, the winner of this game gets number three in the ACC and most likely a spot in the Orange Bowl. So this is a pretty big game. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, man. A lot of good games. Looking forward to all of them. Oh, yeah. And that concludes right. episode 13 yeah. of the Going the Distance podcast presented by Immaculate Sports. Skylar, take us out of here. Share with your friends, your family, your cousin, your brother, your, your dog. professor, and your, your stepsister. Media. Yeah. All right. Shout out, Check Paul, it out. for the honest yeah, report. Love you, boy. Hopefully we get uh, Alex back here eventually. Alex might be back next week. And yeah. next week, hopefully, we're in person. So we sound yeah. a little better next week. Yeah, we yeah. were doing this one over Zoom today. Yeah, a little... Yeah. COVID stuff still happening, but hopefully next week we're back to regular. It's all yeah. good. We'll see you guys next Tuesday night for episode 14. Go Jets. Go Raiders. Go Zach Wilson.